How does the intro go? Well, whatever you want, as long as you say the name of the show, and then your name, and then what we do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spinners Podcast. I'm Nils, and I'm here with my best friend, Riley. And every week we listen to three 45 RPM single vinyls. How are you doing today, Riley? Really well, and you're so right. That is exactly what we do on this show. You summed it up perfectly. Did I, did I say it right? Because I've never done the intro. I'm really stepping into my stretch zone. I was listening to some, some new music today. Not really new. I know that you've heard it before, but I doubt you've ever listened to it. Uh, and that's the oh. soundtrack to Black Mirror San Junipero. So oh, okay. we, we, we talked a lot about Black Mirror as it came out. It hasn't been out for a while, so this is not a topical conversation, but it does have to do with one of the classes that I'm taking right now, so it's kind of in my mind, and I rewatched it. I'm really interested in this soundtrack because the point of the soundtrack is to kind of make it sound like you're living in a simulation. What does that mean for music to feel like you're living in a simulation? Well, that's, that, so that's the episode with all the 80s stuff, right? Like Heaven right. is a Place on Earth. That is, that's like the iconic one that sums up the whole plot, really. Exactly. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, it, you could say it's a statement about the production from the 80s, which is so gaudy and electronic, and then to choose specifically 80s songs for your episode that's about synthetic life that's like ideal is kind of an interesting choice because 80s pop production is kind of utopian it's like overly optimistic a lot of the time it's kind of like right. really inhuman a lot of synthesizers like they started to learn drum machines and they learned how to like program things and there was a lot more post-production than in the 70s and it's also like all the the names of the songs like from the 80s that they have in there are like ridiculously on point like Heaven is a place on earth. The whole idea of the episode is after slash as you die, your consciousness can be transported to this digital thing where you live in this kind of simulated world forever. But there's also the whole component of the soundtrack that isn't the songs. There's just like, you know, kind of the more ambient music, which has this like really wonderful, like kind of synth ambient noise for a lot of it. Um, but I, I, what I need to do is read the names of these tracks. So, so the first name here is San Junipero, parentheses, 80s, 90s, zero, aughts, like just zeros, slash question marks. That one's kind of silly. <laughs> um, the one that I like, the next one is Faith, Hope, Fear, and Falling in Love. There's Waves Crashing on a Distant Shores of Time. Duh, that that's one, such a that cool, kills me. That's such a cool, uh, and that that's my favorite, like, song on here. Good. Like, I listen to that one a lot. There's... There's kind of like this building up noise that keeps on cutting off and it kind of almost sounds like being sucked out of the simulation or something like it has just like this amazing eerie undertone. What, what does that what, what does all that mean? You know, now, looking at the titles now, it looks like they're almost formatted to be like 80s pop songs like with the parentheses mm -hmm. and the kind of thing in the commas like all of the song titles have kind of a different gimmick that somehow relates to like pop music. Right. And yet. The songs are like ambient. They're not. They're not even close to pop music. It's just like, but I love that they're kind of playing into that, even with the the songs that aren't licensed. Could there ever be like any kind of digital consciousness that experiences music? Is could that be like the ultimate test of if, a, wow. <laughs> if an AI is actually yeah like actually experiencing? I, initially, I say it's impossible because there's something innate in me that even I don't fully understand, like goosebumps. Like when you say, mm -hmm. when you say waves crashing on the distant shores of time, mm -hmm. I get full body goosebumps and I can't explain it and I could talk for hours and it wouldn't make sense, but something about it speaks to me deeply. And I don't know if we could create that in a robot or a synthetic life form, 
The question is, could it develop it on its own? And I don't know at hmm. what point in our human development and through evolution, when did we get these weird sort of inclination towards art? Like when did we appreciate art? And is it possible if we continue down this path we're on now with AIs and stuff, will there be some branch of their evolution where they start to appreciate art? Is it is it something right. that is it a step in in growth of consciousness to appreciate art? Also, what does it mean to appreciate art, right? Like, does it have to be intertwined with emotions? What do you think? I think it's, uh, yeah, I think emotions and art, even if people don't acknowledge it, mm -hmm. like that's the thing, like art, art curators are often stereotyped as being boring and like prudes and stuff, but the art industry and anyone who buys art, it elicits some reaction out of you, even if that's not why you say you buy it. Even if you say, oh, it's pretty, it's like, I think there's some emotion tied to the visuals that you think are pretty. If we were to transition our consciousness into uh, a digital space, could you still enjoy music in the same way? It changes every day for me whether or not I think our consciousness is like fully valid or if it's an illusion. And a lot of the time I do think it's an illusion. Like I think we're just a bunch of organs in our body and we're kind of tricking ourselves into feeling sensations and feeling emotions because we have developed, we're super invested in the idea of mm -hmm. us being alive, you know? So you think that's, that qualia, that experience is a trick of the mind? I think yes, ultimately yes. And it's... The question is, how can you pull that trick again? And how can you teach a robot to pull that trick? How do you know it's a trick? What makes you think that it's a trick? Because it's so different for everybody, I guess. If we all have our own subjective experiences, that means there's not one objective truth. And that means we all have our own variations on the truth, which means they have to be somewhat false. Are you ready to experience some music? I am. Whatever that we're means. We're gonna have different experiences. We're listening to the same piece of plastic and yet our experiences are going to be almost entirely different. But my experience is right. And whoever is listening to this podcast is going to have an even different experience. Probably one that involves turning off the podcast like 10 minutes ago when we started <laughs> talking about qualia. All right. <laughs> so our first record for today is With Every Beat of My Heart by Taylor Dane.
feel like she had a good melody, but she didn't use it. Like there was a nice piano part in that song, but it only happened twice and for like a few seconds. And then they went on to some other melody that I had no investment in and was not interested in, and they just hammered that into the drum. <laughs> I was into it at first and then it lost me. Yeah, I think kind of a similar experience there. I thought that the, the sax solo was great though. That was cool. I was not expecting that. It was it was like a pretty standard solo, but you know. People are against 80 saxophone. Like it's a kind of a common thing just to hate on it because it was so ubiquitous. But I don't know. I It works for me. I, I enjoy it. I, I overall enjoyed it, but you know, ears started to glaze over at the end. Ears glaze, that's, that's good imagery. I wonder, because this is, you can feel that this is written by committee, but that goes without saying, because it's late 80s, solo pop star, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested when you're a group of songwriters and you've come up with an idea for a song musically, how do you decide what's gonna be the hook? Because I feel like they had a hook that they didn't embrace. And it kind of bothers me, because it's like, did they know that that was good or did they not think it was good enough? and they went with another safer bet that like didn't, cause maybe there's like riskier melodies or something. Like I'm not a good enough musician to know that kind of thing or the calculations of like what works with an audience. To be clear, was the hook literally just da 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 da? Like. That's the one that they use. With that's every one, beat of my heart, like it's. Right, that. It's barely I, two notes. That's what they settled on. I agree, it's, it's nothing. And it, and it happened a bunch of times. But that piano intro, there was some like interesting like, I kind of felt it. I was, like, ready. And then, I don't know. Why'd they reserve it for the intro? I, I, I'm, I wish I could have watched them write the song. I feel, since I'm still in the mind from our previous conversation, I, I think that this could apply to that if you if you would like to continue down that rabbit hole. I kind of, I, I see what you mean. I was also <laughs> trying to make it work. So, it, well, it, it's a lot about love, right? Which is, this is, like, supposed to be the most intense feeling, so... You know, it's like, what is that feeling of love? Something I feel find really interesting is, why why the heart? I, I feel like it, it came from death. Because I think we've talked about this before. Death is like the most romantic thing. <laughs> like saying I'll die for you is literally the biggest statement any living being could say because you cannot promise more than that. It's literally like you are surrendering your entire being to someone. But same with all of your other organs. I don't have my brain and you'll be gone. Okay, brain, brain is the other... Those, those two, I think everything else, you can at least live for a little bit. What about your skin? All of your skin? All of your skin? <laughs> I give you my skin? But it's here's true. the thing. It is weird. Here's I the thing. Skin seems like a much sexier organ than a heart. But your heart beats when you're close to people. That's a romantic thing. When someone pretty walks by, my heart beats. When I'm... When I, if you're about to get intimate, your heart beats. If your heart beats faster, you're aware of it, which is what she's saying here, is the, the heart beating. Our next song is from the band Tapau. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's T apostrophe P-A-U. And the song is called China in Your Hand. It was a theme she had on a scheme he had Told in a foreign land Life on earth to the second birth And the man was in command It was a flight on the wings of a young girl's dreams That flew her too far away Don't push too far, your dreams are China in your hand 
you imagine if that's what pop songs sounded like these days? Like, if any <laughs> major pop star released a song with these words? That would be... That, that would not happen. You are correct. I, I almost miss it. I miss this just verbosity. Extravagant poetry. Like, over the top. It's extravagant. It's over the top. Does it mean anything? I Well, okay. I certainly got something from the, the hook. Your dreams are China in your hands. That... I think is beautiful. The rest of it, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> like, I get the, like, okay, your dreams are fragile, right? They're fragile and valuable. Yeah. That's Don't push what too it hard. Is. Something about it speaks to me profoundly because of my desperation in the past. Like, when I want something so bad and then it clouds my judgment and then I end up getting lost, you know? And I can't, these words are so abstract because the experience is so abstract. Like when you tie yourself to one thing, and then that even when even when it's a success, mm -hmm. like you and it's over, then you're kind of lost. Well, either we don't have what we want, and that makes us sad, or we don't know what we want, and that makes us sad too. The idea of like having a dream but don't let it consume you. Keep a distance from it. And another sax solo, just like the last song. So there's a few. It was a cooler themes. setup to the sax solo. I thought. I thought that like the kind of like going out you think that it's the end of the song and then like the sax came in i thought that was really cool but the fake out but end. then i was like you know the fake out end like would have been a respectable end i don't know if it needed to go on for that much longer yeah i don't know how to feel about the fake out end. i don't know what they're for and there's a lot of them just in music history i, I always assumed it had something to do with like tape space or like I don't know, something to do with the actual physical recording oh. equipment. You know that I'm not in love, like, back at, like, ah, you know, that, that kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the, the yeah. choral just kind of awes. It, this had a little bit of that in it, which was kind of, like, coming in and fading away, and that gave it a really cool atmosphere. So I just wanted to give it a quick shout-out for that. I agree. It's vibey. Vibes. Can computers have vibes it can accidentally make vibes i think probably like vibes for anything is it functions more as like a sonar where you have to send your vibes out and then see how it responds to you sonar is great imagery for that i haven't thought about it like that before are you ready to sonar this next song <laughs> yes sonar the final vinyl sonar the final vinyl this is radio musicola by nick kershaw
almost too relevant to what we were talking about. Yeah, really. It's on the <laughs> nose. What did you think of that? I, so I didn't love the song itself, but I do enjoy the lyrics, although they're abstract enough that I can barely understand what's going on. I feel like he's trying too hard. Yeah. It's almost too exactly what we want, where it's like anti-corporate. <laughs> it's about like, oh, don't... And like Musicola is like like Coca-Cola, but music, and he's complaining about pop music. Like that's how I took it. Yeah. I don't know. That yeah. should be exactly what you and I like on this show, but felt it felt lame. It felt tame, almost. And then the bass. I thought the bass was so embarrassing. It's like all <laughs> over the place. It's going crazy, and it just does. It did not. I did, it did not sound good. Right. It, it felt like I had the right elements, and it felt like I should enjoy like the wonky bass, but it just didn't come together in a way that was super enticing for me the thing that is a little bit scary to me is there's a line in this song that says why can't you let us do it like Joni does it i assume that refers to Joni mitchell right who recently responded to neil young taking his music off of spotify but also taking her music off of spotify which hmm. this song feels specifically relevant to that whole situation yeah it's about like being a trailblazing artist and like stepping away from the corporations and stuff and for there to be a line specifically about Joni Mitchell rebelling against the corporation <laughs> that's very timely even though this came out in 1987 again it's too timely stop being so timely song it just like okay if this reminds me a little bit of Dire Straits because like they have an album Brothers in Arms that came out within two years of this one and that album is also very focused on this exact same thing like art as commerce and corporations and all of that but there's just something more subtle about Dire Straits and it's just like more laid back and it seems to be like having more fun and like the music is actually good. I don't know. I'm comparing it to the other bands who were active at this time who were doing this exact thing but better and like making statements about this exact thing but with some sort of class. I wanted to like it more. I think my problem with it is it's mediocre and it's ambitious. Mm. And if there was like a, like I wasn't, I'm more angry at this song than I am with the heart beating song. Cause that one wasn't like attempting anything big. This one's attempting some big critique of capitalism and it's just not, doesn't have the strength to back it up. Well, it's like the song itself doesn't feel artistic. Is he doing that on purpose where he's like, music is turning into bullshit like this? Boring, it's boring, it's boring. Boring and bad. The earlier seasons of the show, the music we listened to got me familiar with like the weird forgotten things of previous generations. We, I got, we got pretty well acquainted with like bad 50s songs or like bad crooners. <laughs> and then we got well acquainted with like bad 90s rock that everyone, or 90s country that everyone forgot. Mm -hmm. And now we're into like the bad 80s, like uh, rebellious songwriter era. <laughs> like we're seeing the things that were intentionally not saved by time. Like the stuff that does not get played on the radio because nobody cares about it anymore. It's education. I'm learning. It's great. Digging the troughs for some some shit. It's true. It's the troughs. <laughs> and it's this literally the troughs, like the things that like fell, like in between the cracks. Yeah. And if you want some more trough music, come back next week. Keep spinning. Ooh, baby, do you know that?